This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. In 1959, a midnight earthquake split off a chunk of mountain and sent an 80 million ton landslide. Can you even imagine that? No. 80 million ton landslide into Montana's Madison River, and this created a quote-unquote natural dam. Well, the lake behind this dam, which backs up almost to Hebgen Lake, stretches six miles long and reaches depths of 190 feet, and it's appropriately named Quake Lake. For years, I've heard about some of the large trout which lurk in Quake Lake, and I've always wanted to fish it. Never did when I lived in Montana. But finally, on a recent mid-September morning, Dave, you and I got to fish it. Uh, Dave, what was your first memory of the day? Well, we had to get up really, really early that day to go from Bozeman and drive down 191 or up night 191. I'm not sure how you say it, to West Yellowstone. Up to West... Uh, yeah, you know, I had a friend who uh, who grew up in North Dakota, like you, and he said, North Dakota, uh, north is up and south is down, but yeah, in Montana, you, you go by elevation. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. We, we That's exactly up. right. We went up, uh, yeah. even though it was That's south. That's true. Yep. My parents, I mean, my dad grew up in north, central, south Dakota, but then we moved north to North Dakota, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Bismarck, North Dakota. So you're right, absolutely. Yeah. That's actually really true. Yeah. Uh, well, a little anyway. little public service announcement. I, <laughs> I totally interrupted your point, so I'm sorry. First memory of the day, we're driving up 191. To West Yellowstone, yeah. and we saw what we thought was fog along the road, but as we looked at it, it was right near the Fan Creek turnoff, if, you, if any of you are familiar yeah. with 191. A parking area. There's right a there. parking area mm-hmm. on the on the east side of the road, but we're looking and there's like this thin layer of s- fog, which actually then started we realized no, that looks like smog, and it took us a while to kind of figure out what it was. And then I looked to the right, and there were these trees that were glowing red, so it was dark enough in the morning yeah. to see that uh, that these trees were actually glowing. And then we started searching around and said. Uh, on our phones and realized, yeah, there is a fire going on on the west side of the road, and it had been contained, I guess, so there were no trucks or anything there. Yeah. But then on the way back, when we came back that afternoon after our our one fine day at Quake Lake, mm-hmm. there were a bunch of fire trucks, and and there were there was fire licking up some of the trees, so that. So it must have blown up, like it. Yeah, it must have expanded. The fire must yeah, have expanded it, during the day. I think it did. Yeah, it just flared up with that wind. We were lucky that they hadn't closed uh, the road. I know it. Yeah, what I remember, Dave. Not long after that, we were still in the park, but we uh, were driving along, and I remember seeing something. This this movement, you know, on the kind of the right side of the road, and all of a sudden. Whoa, here's a cow elf right in front of us. Yeah, right I'm, in I'm, front I'm of thankful us. thankful I had slowed down enough that we weren't in danger of hitting it. But, uh, man, if I hadn't been watching, that would have been uh, pretty ugly. Yeah, coming right through our windshield. Uh, yeah, what I was your it. first, like, memory memory? I, my memory triggered your memory, but what yeah. was your first memory of the day? You know, the funny thing is I, as I thought about that this week, as I was thinking about this podcast, but really, the first thing that stands out is just that view of Quake Lake. I mean, it is a, it is a haunting view of these dead trees that are poking up from the bottom of the lake, and in in that early morning light, it's it's kind of eerie. It isn't is it? eerie, I, and I yeah. wouldn't have said that, but well, you 
you spent so many years out there, and I, I just had not had many memories of Quake Lake or the word Quake Lake or yeah. the, mm-hmm. any stories about Quake Lake yeah. until we fished it about, what, 15, 20 years ago? Yeah. And that was or, where or, I left. Or fished, yeah, fished near it. Yeah, yeah we fished right. actually. Between, between Abgen and Quake. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. And I'd left my rod on top. Right, of the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'd not really heard about Quake Lake or the story of Quake right. Lake. And how many people died? Oh my, I wish I, I could remember. It was 29, I think. It was either 20, 28 25, or... 26, yeah, somewhere in that yeah. area. But but that, I think, is that yeah. story makes this it, also you eerie. Know, it really does, because you think about lives that were lost. And I, I thought about Irene Bennett Dunn. She wrote a book about her experience in losing her husband and two or three, two of their children, and, and her they were camping and her one son that the only surviving son he had a broken leg I believe and you know they were hospitalized in Ennis Montana for a while but uh, wow, she wrote a book so about tragic. it in her 70s and, and and went back and visited the the, the visitor center and so yeah you you can't help but think about that as you're you're looking out over Quake Lake and thinking man this uh, in in the creation of this lake, a lot of people lost their lives. What made it haunting was that early morning light, yeah, and that these dead trees are still there, yes, right. poking up through the water. And the water was so still; there was yeah. no wind that morning, yeah. at least when we first started. Oh, I know it. It really is a. It, I mean, the word haunting can be overused, and I know, you know, at the end of a river runs through it, I am haunted by waters. Well, you 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 can't help but be haunted by. Uh, view of Quake Lake. So, Dave, how did our day get started in terms of the fishing? So, after uh, quick breakfast, you know, at one of oh, the cafes, yes. you know, we we yeah. dropped over to the Blue Ribbon Fly Shop yep. and picked up our guide, or he picked us up. Yep. And we had fished with him before. He's just yeah. a great guy. I mean, he's uh, of all the guides we fished with, technically, he's he's just brilliant. Yeah, he was an engineer. Well, he was trained to be an engineer. Yeah, I think mechanical uh, yeah, or industrial mechanical, engineering. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so he just understands the stroke of of a fly fishing cast and and he's just technically he's just amazing. And yeah. He, and he's 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 just an interesting guy all the way around. Yeah. And so shortly after dawn, we we boarded his his drift boat that had a had a small trolling motor because you're now on a lake you're not going down yeah. Yellowstone or the Madison right. and we headed for a productive area near Quake Lakes Inlet where the Madison actually flows in yeah. to Quake Lake and and we arrived first so we had our pick of spots and it was really good that we had gotten it there yeah. as early as we did you remember yep because there were some other drift boats that came in and he knew where to go and Back to the old cliche: early bird gets the worm. Yeah, early yeah. early bird gets the spot. Right. Yes. And absolutely. And, and just going from, like, when we got in the drift boat, and just the the ride over to where we we're going to fish was an amazing ride. Oh, it was. I mean, you you have the the patches of fog on the water. You know, the sun really hasn't you know crept over the you know the mountains yet, and. And there are the clouds of midges just fluttering in the air, and and they're kind of backlit, and and you yeah you got the ghost like remains of these tall trees, and it is a fantastic yeah. sight. It just really is. Yeah, it re- it was it was spectacular. 
So we get up near the inlet. Uh, so what was the fishing like? What, what, what do we do? So the initial fishing, we were fishing trichos, and there were trichos on the water, and there were a lot of there were a lot of trichos out there. And so we fished initially with uh, we were fishing. Ooh, we were fishing midges first, I thought. Then the trichos came out a little bit later. Well, I I had the opposite. Okay, they they really overlapped, but uh, yeah, maybe. Okay, my memory might be bad on that, but there was a lot. There were a lot of yeah, bugs. Don't trust on the either one of our. Yeah, memories. don't trust yeah. either one of our yeah. memories. But there was. Yeah, we were using size twenty flies, light tippets, long casts, yeah. and letting the current. And where we were fishing, the Madison had was you know there was you could still there was current. Yeah, uh, where mm-hmm. we were fishing. And because uh, we were close to the inlet, and um, and it was it was just a very different day. Yeah, um, it was. And talk about how we were spotting fish. It was really interesting. Yeah, I know there there are these. Uh, you can almost say they're they're channels, uh, places where kind of between weed beds and 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 even some deeper stretches where the the fish just kind of follow those patterns, and you would watch. Uh, cruising feeding fish it wasn't that you would see the fish as much as you would see uh feeding you'd see a couple rises and then you know in in a few seconds you would see a couple more rises 10 yards away and you could kind of say oh you know here here one comes down this this lane and and that was fun i mean we we caught a few but overall it wasn't one of those days where we slaughtered everything but we we caught enough that it was it was a blast and and we were always uh it's kind of like hunting when you're seeing elk. Well, one of the things I, I remember that, that our guide, Curtis, kept telling us. So, for example, you would, you know, there were there were sips and there was movement where he'd say, no, that's a small fish. We don't want to go after that. So yeah. we were really hunting bigger fish. Yeah, we were. I mean, mm-hmm. and so he would say, okay, you could see where he, this fish had rose. He goes, okay, now cast to the right. Don't cast to the left. Because you could see, he could, the way the fish moved in the water, and I always wondered whether it was actually fully true, <laughs> but he was yeah. okay. Now to the right, to the right. Yeah. You're too close to the right. You know, bring that back in, and 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 so you're trying to anticipate. So you didn't cast to where the fish had just yeah. rose. You were casting to where you thought the fish was moving. So you might cast ten feet to the right. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. maybe ten feet farther out, yeah. or ten feet closer in. And so you're always trying to anticipate where that next rise and, and trying to put the fly yeah. right where that fish would go after. And that it. was the challenge, wasn't it? Trying to anticipate that and well it really puts your fly fishing your casting skills to the test yeah, Holy yeah cow. Really i'm does. fine close in but we were casting at least 30 to 40 feet don't you think oh yeah yeah sometimes, least, sometimes far, further than yeah that. 50 yeah. 60 mm-hmm. feet and yeah. it's I, I can cast out as far as you want i just can't cast out that precise and so it was yeah. really put my skills to the test yeah All right, before we continue our conversation, here's a word about our sponsor, Dr. Squatch Soap Company. Dave, I have a complaint about my Dr. Squatch Soap. What? No way! Yeah, here's my problem. I can't keep it in stock. Uh, My sons and sons-in-law like it, but the other day my grandson Colby was over and he asked my wife, his Nana, for a bar of Papa's soap. How did he know to, to, uh, to ask for it? I think because he had used his dad. So guess which one he picked. He picked the pine tar. Oh, That's my favorite. I love mine the too. smell of that stuff. Well, I love pine tar because of the seashells that are, that are baked into it or however they make yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Because of the exfoliation. Yep. I love the smell. Oh, the smell is incredible. I just feel cleaner when I use that bar I, of soap. I honestly do too. So... 
here's the thing. If you would like Dr. Squatch soap, go to the website, drsquatch.com. Fill up your cart with different kinds of products. We recommend the pine tar, but there's also shampoo and cologne and a bunch beard of... Beard oil. My son no in way. Colorado just ordered beard oil. Loves it. Oh, my. So put in the promo code two guys. Fill up your shopping cart. No, you need to fill up your shopping cart first, then put in the two guys promo code in the field. And I think you'll really enjoy the Dr. Squatch products. Okay, we're back talking about one fine day on Quake Lake. Dave, what was your most satisfying moment of the day? Two things. The first was casting to rising fish. I just mentioned that. I had really never done that with a guide. Fishing. Yeah, you mean, season. yeah, where you're stalking rising fish? You're stalking fish. rising yeah, fish. Yeah. And it's the mm-hmm. whole morning. I yeah. mean, really, mm-hmm. that's all right. we did. Right. And, and there were a lot of, we could have, there's no doubt, we could have caught a lot more fish if we were just going for every fish that rose and you go yeah. after it, right? Mm-hmm. And and so, but it was it was just a different, you know, you see all these, these uh, posts on either Instagram or you read about these folks who go to New Zealand or they go to Australia or they go to Patagonia and they have a spotter who is spots, you know, rising fish and they're really mm-hmm. stalking and hunting fish. Yeah. Their whole that's that's what they do, and so I'd never really done that, and so not like this. Like, yeah, yeah. if you're out on the river, you see a rising fish, you yeah. cast to it, mm-hmm. right? That's that's silly. But this was this is a whole nother level, and so that yeah. was really really satisfying. And there was one moment where I had on an emerger, and uh, so I had a top fly. It was I think it was mm-hmm. a trico, and underneath was some sort yeah. of calabatus or something underneath that, okay. and it was an emerger, and you could see the top fly get sucked down, and <laughs> yeah. there was no movement. But you saw the fly go get sucked down, which meant they were hit. They hit that yeah. emerger, and I missed it. I saw it happen, but I was just really slow. And the guy said, "Set the hook," and I I did, and I was a little bit too late. But that was so fun. It was so satisfying to see that. Yeah. Uh, the second thing was was nymph fishing off that shelf. Remember yeah. that where the Madison came in? Mm-hmm. There was just yeah. this really yep. deep shelf, and I, I I hooked into some really nice fish on that, and it, there was a lot of wind at that point, but just stopping, being able to to wade fish mm-hmm. for a little bit was really satisfying. It was really fun. I really that was probably one of the best parts of the day. Interestingly, that was fun. I, I did have a moment that kind of startled me, if not scared me a little bit. You know, we were walking in sand, and and I was careful not to get too close to that ledge because it dropped right off. But as as I crept up to it, and I'm only in knee deep water, but all of a sudden I started kind of sinking into that, and I thought, oh, well, I think I did I fall down? No, no, but I yeah. As as I turned around, I I didn't realize how my right foot was stuck, and I'm turning to my left, and I actually kind of fell and. You have that moment of panic thinking, oh, man, I'm getting pulled down into quicksand. And... So at that point, you're probably in waist-deep water. You can't go forward, yeah, right? You right. go forward, you're into that shelf, and you're yeah. toast. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's, you're swimming at that point. That's why I had to pivot around. I couldn't step ahead. I had to I had to lift my foot as I'm pivoting my body. And, and yeah, it was just a moment. But I was like, whoa, you just reminded, man, you gotta be, you got to be really careful I have here. a real distinct memory fishing that shelf because it was there, there that I realized, hmm, my waders 
are toast. That's right. You remember that? Yes, that's I right. I remember that I had all this water coming in on my feet, and I realized my my feet, my uh, the footers are what do you call them? The yeah, stocking yeah, feet are right. Are 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 rotted. Yeah. <laughs> and I I I must have had well, my boots were just completely filled. Oh, Fortunately, man. it was a warm day, and yeah. You know, by then, early in the morning, it was cold. Yeah. But yeah. yeah that by was then, later then we, the we were day, fine. Yeah. yeah. So I was fine for the rest of the day, and but I realized okay. So I had waist waders that I'd also purchased, so I wore those for the rest, or I I have, I guess. Yeah. So I wore those for the rest of the trip, but I realized, okay, I do have to buy a new new set of waders. Oh, I know, um, those neoprene stocking feet. That that happened to a pair of Patagonias I had. I had I wore those boots for... 20 for, years. Yeah, waders for, yeah, for I think 16 years. Wow, and then, that's a yeah, long time, yeah. It was. So, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I, I think for me... One of my most satisfying moments was the it was the first fish that I caught in the morning, and and I think it's because I saw it feeding while we were hunting uh, for a larger fish in a couple of feeding lanes, and I, I saw it and 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 I tossed a size twenty midge pattern a few yards above it and let the current take it right above the trout's nose. And I expected the strike, and, and I actually set the hook at the right time. Uh, I guess to give a little context, this is after I missed a few fish. <laughs> so that was fun. And it still startled me, even though I, I knew, okay, it's going to take it here, and it did, and it startled me. And that I think that sensation is why I love dry fly fishing. It's just a, yeah. it's just a kick, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, dry fly fishing, I have to say, I love the hits you know, I would say dry fly fishing and streamers. I do love fishing nymphs. Yeah. But when you're stocking fish like that and they hit it, it there's an adrenaline pop oh, that you it really get. It really is. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. So, anything that you learned, Steve, from uh, our day on Quake Lake? Anything uh, yeah. that you'll add to your either your repertoire of skill or knowledge sure. or what? Well, I was going to say that my reflexes are slow, but I already knew that. <laughs> I, I think for me, maybe, again, not that this is new, but the importance of soft landings. I mean, I I spooked a couple of fish, probably it was more than a couple, uh, when my cast uh, thumped the surface of the water. And I, I had to remind myself to pull up my rod tip ever so slightly on my forward cast to to stop that forward thrust of the line and of course that makes uh, the line go limp and then it just falls gently to the surface and it, it's actually kind of cool to see that visually you know because these were long casts like you said i mean 40 feet and you have that line out there and then if, if you just pull up slightly you just see it kind of flutter it just stops and then it it, it just drops that's it's actually a cool visual uh, thing not as cool as seeing a fish uh, take your fly, but that's kind of cool. And so I, you know, it just reminded me again. I, I had to learn that. It, it kind of teaches me too that every time I go out, I have to think through the basics because you know me. I can get in a hurry and I want to catch fish, and then I, I'll start forgetting the right mechanics and 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 they get jumpy. And I think I do that sometimes when I'm fly fishing in the moment. I have to say, wait a minute, remember the mechanics and. That was little one of those little mechanical adjustments I had to make. Actually, that's a really good point. We should talk about this because I think I, I don't think you're either like really good or really bad at fly casting. And I think just like a hitter, and you've you've used that analogy in terms of batting slumps, but I do think this idea of if you don't do a certain kind of fishing, like fishing on a lake, yeah, was yeah. that was just really it was, technical. It was it was different. Yeah, and this idea of this, you know, so often if you're fishing small creeks. 
Um, you don't have to be that technical, right? Yeah, you have to get the fly in the general area, but it's it's different. On this, on I mean, it was precision casting. I realize not so much that I'm bad at it, but that there are certain mechanics like pulling that rod tip up. Mm-hmm. And even when I was casting, he was you know criticizing uh, my back cast, and rightly so. I was casting out there. I mean, there was a couple. There was a couple casts, or probably approaching seventy feet, that I was trying to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 the, and I and you're and I was on the back of the boat, so it was really yeah, awkward. Yeah, and but there were some basic mechanics that I did. I don't use regularly because we're not fishing like that regularly, and so you're right. It's it comes back to mechanics and and just those little things that really make a big difference. Yeah, they so, really do. I was, so, what did you learn? What did you, know, you learn? We day? caught some beauties that day on Quake Lake, both on dry flies and later on nymphs. Yeah, but it was really an average day of fly fishing. I it mean, was. If you're yeah. gonna, if it you're was. gonna say, okay, you know, did you catch, you know, twenty each? And the, and the answer is absolutely not. We did not. Um, only nineteen. Only nineteen <laughs> each. You know, yeah, and, and no. at one point, I think you yeah. asked the guide, "Is there anything we're doing wrong today?" And our guide is really blunt. And so, you know, he, and what's one reason we love him, right? He's not blunt, harsh, but he's just, you know, he's just, matter of fact, he'll tell you exactly. Yeah. And that's what we kind of expected, though. This is what you're doing wrong. Yeah. I thought he was going to say, well, you guys, you had some really good chances. You know, you just blew it today. He didn't. He said, you know what? You're doing nothing wrong. Some days, he said, sometimes it's, it's not your fault if you're not catching fish. And he explained that he has fished. Quake Lake really enough to know the difference between a day when the trout are feeding sporadically like they were the day we fished yeah. mm-hmm. and when they're in a feeding frenzy and they're just grabbing everything and and our day was the former they were just feeding sporadically there were a lot of bugs on the water yeah between there the were. trichos and the midges right. yeah and there was some you know betas on there it right was, there was just a ton of flies yep. on the water you know those trichos when they sit on the water you know drying their wings they look like sailboats yeah they do and there was just a lot of bugs but it wasn't the water was not boiling on any no, level no it really wasn't <laughs> it wasn't hmm, awkward silence yeah so any takeaways what's a takeaway any takeaways steve from our uh day on quake well i you know we fished a lot of great places and i I don't know if i would say this about every place we fish but i do think an early morning on quake lake probably ought to be on everyone's bucket list who's gonna fish you know in the yellowstone ecosystem because like you said it's such a different it's such a different experience for reasons that we've already talked about it has a mystique, and it really has an opportunity to uh, catch some uh, uh, large trout. I would say you should do it in the fall. Yeah, the yeah. The colors oh, were yeah. just unbelievable. Oh, they really were. I'm trying to remember. Maybe did we hear any elk bugle that morning? We we did. Seems like every morning we were fishing. And yeah, maybe, we heard. Yeah. So that yeah. is also it was like mid September. Yeah. I would say from mid September to I don't know how long they fish quake, but. But the hatches were just amazing that day. Yeah, yeah. Just they, amazing. They really were. Well, we've run out of time, so we won't talk about the f- few times when I actually, once I think I hooked you, or once when I, a couple times I hooked your line, I was <laughs> casting, and you were you were trying to cast. So we, I was a little bitter for having to be at the back of the boat all day. 
I didn't think you you were. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were at the back of the boat all day. All right. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Uh, Notice how I evaded that topic with that nice transition. Okay, here's one of those comments which makes our day. And it really, this is why we do this. Here's the comment. Hey, guys, this is Mike from Orem, Utah. I decided to really get into fishing early this spring, and I've been listening to your podcast ever since. You'd be happy to know that your podcast is the reason I've caught several fish this year. Hello. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for the inspiration to use streamers more often in your last podcast. After listening to your tips in that episode, I could hardly wait to get back to the river. In fact, I left for work 20 minutes early this morning to pop by the Provo River. I love this part. I threw my waders on over my suit and tie. Oh, that is yeah. so Great. And then Mike says, for some reason, I always get weird stares when I do this. <laughs> and I started fishing a streamer. In less than five minutes, I had landed one of the fattest browns I've ever caught. Thanks again. Keep up the great work. Love the podcast. That is so awesome. Uh, Throws his waders over his suit. That is just brilliant. That is amazing. I wonder if it's wrinkly when he's... You know, when he's done with that, hopefully it's not like your waiters. <laughs> yes, where, exactly. Yeah, it takes the waiters off. Oh, man, my trousers are just so... Yeah. Destroy the suit, yes. you know. Oh, man, that's <laughs> That is great. really great. Oh, thanks so much, Mike, for sharing that. And, yeah, we're just thrilled anytime we can... Uh, be a help to anybody Notice that else. the tips didn't come from us. They came from Dave Cumling. I was going to say whom that. we interviewed. Yes, right. Yes, we interviewed. So, <laughs> we yeah. know from yes, whence the great tips that's come. That's right. So now we need a listener to, to write in and say, I actually learned something from a podcast where it was just the two guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that's going to do it for today. Hey, if you've ever fished Quake Lake, tell us about your experience or uh, describe a fine day that you've had recently on the river and maybe maybe kind of focus on what was the mystique about that experience. Uh, please comment on this podcast link at twoguysinariver.com. We'd really love to hear from you. And thank you for referring our podcast to your TU chapter, Fly Fishing Club, your friends, your girlfriends, uh, or girlfriend. Your wife, <laughs> sorry about that, but <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve, <laughs> but <laughs> just keep referring the yes. podcast. We're just grateful for that. We're grateful for your trust. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. They have to, uh, this is fun. We'd love to hear your ideas for podcast episodes. Reach out to us on Instant Messenger or uh, Instagram or Twitter. One more thing. And this is so important. If you haven't yet purchased our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish, please do so at or on Amazon. That's right. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.